Welcome to All Things Sleep and Parenting. I'm Pam. And I'm Elisa. We are holistic infant and child sleep consultants with a background in early childhood education. And we're the founders of Restful Parenting. And I'm Heidi. I'm also an early childhood educator and the owner of Blossom Early Learning. Join us as we chat all things sleep, parenting, development, and everything in between. Be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends and family. Hello, everyone. I am Pam, and I'm sitting here today with Elisa and Heidi. Hello. Hi. And today is a super fun episode. We're talking about traveling with our little ones, uh, whether sleep is, whether you've done sleep coaching or not, um, anytime you travel, it's stressful, especially well, with a new first baby. First of all, it feels like you got to pack half the house. Yes. It does. Right? <laughs> like, there's that. And you're like, I think we need to buy a roof rack. <laughs> I need to bring the exercise right. I need Is to bring this. I need to bring that. Is it worth going on a little trip for the weekend? Yeah. I don't know. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with the holidays coming up, we are coming into the um, Christmas holiday season. Yeah. Uh, but this kind of goes for all summer holidays, all-inclusives, vacations, any kind of vacations in yeah. general. Um, we want to start with the basics, what we're going to pack, mm-hmm. right? Nice and easy. Um, you want to bring... I like to keep... The sheet that they've been sleeping on. Yes. And I take that sheet off the bed to pack with us. So, like, I'll change the sheet. Say we're leaving Friday. I'll change the sheet, like, Monday or Tuesday. And then by Friday or Wednesday, whatever. And then by Friday, I just take the sheet off of their crib and pack that one with us. It already smells like home. It smells like them. And this depends on the age of your child. Like, when they're three, four, five, you don't really need to do that anymore. Yeah. But when they're babies. babies. Yeah. It's huge. Because scent is such a huge um, mm-hmm. sensory thing for little ones, babies, infants. Because as soon as they have that different scent, they're like, I'm in a strange environment. I don't know what to expect here. So it seems kind of weird to bring your dirty sheet, <laughs> pack your dirty sheet. But it can really help kind of um, not have such a sensory overload and just sort of keeping a little bit of consistency in the new sleep environment. Mm-hmm. doesn't feel as bizarre and strange. Just think of when you go away. I have a very strong sense of smell. And as soon as we actually walked into this hotel last night, I was like, oh, it smells really good in here. And you guys were like, uh, yeah, it does, <laughs> now that you mention it. Um, but even just going to someone else's house, these different laundry soap, and maybe you don't like it. And it's it's a big stimulant for some. Mm-hmm. Um, on that same note, the sound machine is, a, is another big piece, right? Because like smell, it's that... This sounds very different from at home. This... Well, last night we were like, too bad this fan couldn't stay on all night. Uh, yeah. Even for us. Create some sort of buffer <laughs> sound because there's three of us in a room. And that's usually when we're traveling. We're traveling, um, you know, a room. sharing rooms. Yes. Yeah. So having that sound machine can uh, help block out any of the sounds from sharing the room with it within, within the room itself. But then also other people's houses. Right. So if you're going to visit other people's houses and you're down in the basement and the floors are really creaky or you're upstairs and every Under time the, the kitchen. Yeah. Like every time <laughs> the bathroom door opens, squeak, like it can be really loud. Yeah. That kind of stuff. You also yep. don't want to visit people, especially if you're visiting like friends that don't have children. Um, yes. You're visiting people and you're like, I know that we're in your house, but can we, can you guys stop can laughing? Just be quiet Shh. just a little bit. The baby's Shh, sleeping. The baby's sleeping. Yeah, so. Stop, you're going to wake the baby. Yes. <laughs> and even if you're not saying anything, then you're just sitting there silently anxious the whole yes. night. Well, bringing that sound machine can help with that anxiety yeah. tremendously. 
Yeah. Um, if you're sharing a room too, I have had to, we've, we had done, we've done a couple of trips with all of our guys Mm -hmm. and, uh, sometimes, especially when they're little, having a divider of some sorts in the room. Yeah. So Sometimes you can move the furniture a little bit just to create a little barrier. Like a little space. Yeah. Um, I always pack a couple of the 3M hooks from Walmart and some twine and an extra sheet and I literally just set up a room divider. Yeah. I put my 3M hooks on the two walls. We set up, well, we, I say we, but obviously it's rich. Um, it ties it all up and sets it all up. And then we have like a, I just throw the sheet over and then it makes a kind of a makeshift um, divider. And yeah. that helps because, especially if your little ones aren't used to you being in the room anymore, they're, you know, pulling themselves up into a standing in that playpen and they're like, uh, mom, I see you. What are you doing? What are you yeah, doing? What are you so doing? What you doing over there? They do kind of wake up and then they look. And all I see is this sheet. You kind of are like hiding behind the sheet like, he's up, don't move, <laughs> right? Like, he kind of looks the baby or the child will look around going, oh, I, I don't see anything back to sleep. And yeah. Like, yeah. No stimulation, no Whereas room to bug. If they see you sitting over there watching TV, then they start to engage like, yeah, with you. Exactly. Little stinkers. Um, of course, of course, we're going to bring all of their sleep stuff, right? If, the... if you've taught independent sleep already, then it... I would highly recommend bringing a playpen or a travel cot or whatever you want to call it. Something for them to sleep in. If it's not possible, then you will make do. But if you've taught independent sleep, you really want to try and maintain that while you're away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then all of their stuff, right? So they're stuffy that they're sleeping with. If they're sleeping with a soother and if they have a special blanket, depending on their age, sleep sacks if they're little, um, all of their sleep stuff is is, uh, something to absolutely you don't want to forget. Um, Sometimes even books, like depending on where we're going, my mom was pretty good um, at having quite a few books, like she had, you know, an array of children's books. The kids loved it because they got to read different stories. Mm-hmm. But if you have a little one who really has a favorite book or two, or if you're going somewhere without books, bring a few of their favorite sleep books. Absolutely. They're um, kind of, you know, again, very familiar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my last pieces that I always want to try and do is I always throw in a couple of extra garbage bags just in case uh, for those windows because... Not all places are going to have blackout curtains or even, um, and I, we talked about this in the environment, but my sister just had the, the wooden shutters, right? So and those those guys don't block out a whole lot of light. So Yeah, you can pretty much guarantee that if you're staying at someone else's home, their room probably isn't going to be dark enough for your child yeah. to be able to sleep in. Hotels are usually equipped with great blackout curtains. Mm -hmm. And also, if you call a hotel in advance, they often have a crib or a a playpen or something. So if you're booking an all-inclusive vacation, make sure that you inquire about a space for your child to sleep in. And then also, like, if you can get a suite. So sometimes you can get, like, a little mini living room. That's helpful, too, because then you can kind of divide yourself Mm -hmm. a little bit. So paying a little extra to get the the suite where there's a little bit of a living room or even just a little kitchenette so that you can still be in the room and not be disrupting your infant. Gives you a little bit more freedom, that's for sure. Um, Even checking to see if they have, like, a balcony if it's nice out, like a balcony or an outdoor space so you can kind of put them for their nap. 
and then take your beer, I mean water, to the deck. <laughs> and your wine, I mean yeah, water. water. Water, I meant water. Um, and sit on the balcony for an hour while they nap, right? Like have a book and, and water. And, uh, and sit on the balcony. I think we just and... lost a bunch of listeners. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I don't think we did. Sorry, water listeners. Um, but yeah, being able to kind of take that break while they're in the room having the nap, but you're still close by, obviously. Um, that's also something to consider as well okay so let's talk about like actually arriving at the location your your friend's house or the hotel there's a couple things we want to do to get our little ones used to the environment right yeah we just want to be like okay here we are okay go to sleep yeah yes there's your bed (laughs) go to sleep we love you and we do chat we do have an episode on crib play Uh, i think it's like the sixth or seventh episode so if you want to go back and listen to that that's kind of that room acclimation but the idea is getting them comfortable in their sleep space right so we're not just setting up the bed and saying okay goodbye see you later um they need that chance to look around the room and look under the beds and look out the windows and get comfortable in that new space that they're going to be sleeping in before they are confident enough to actually sleep in it when when do you like to travel do you like Mm, to travel like yeah when do you want in the morning when do you want to leave if you're going on like a four or five hour road trip when do you i i prefer to leave um you know either for morning nap or after morning nap it depends on how long we're traveling for but my kids don't sleep in the car at all it does it doesn't matter if we're driving for two hours or three hours or four hours. So um, I just ended up trying around nap time and seeing what I got. Mm -hmm. But I prefer to get to my destination during the daytime rather than getting there at night because I always find, for my children anyways, those anxieties are higher at night. So Mm -hmm. we get somewhere at night. They're already tired from traveling. It's dark where we're arriving it's unfamiliar, and then, you know, I found that their anxiety was a little bit higher when we would arrive somewhere at bedtime versus arriving in time for second nap or third nap or, yeah, they're you just, know, during the day for them to get, to become acclimated to that new space. They're just sort of, like, more hyper-aware, right? Like, okay, hey, what's going on? Are you, are you leaving me here? Like, what is, yeah. what are we doing? And it's super dark during the night even darker than it is during the day. They haven't Mm -hmm. had a whole lot of a chance to become comfortable Mm -hmm. there. So that's my preference. Now, of course, it's not always an option when you're booking flights to go on an all-inclusive vacation. Or waiting for your husband to come home so that you guys can leave. Yeah. He's supposed to be home at noon. You don't really have the option all the time. (laughs) Although, I do have to say, one year we went to Cuba and we traveled in the middle. We traveled, I think our flight was at 9 or... Something like that. AM or PM? PM, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We didn't have wow. a choice. We took it. It was the only option. We did it. But my children actually slept on the flight. So wow. for me, that was fantastic. Now, we didn't get home until 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. So that was a little bit rough. But you were getting it was home one night. Though, versus you were coming home at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, versus, versus arriving somewhere yeah, at 2 o'clock. Being in, in an unfamiliar space. Yeah. Yeah. I preferred traveling at night. I would do um, pajamas. We would do dinner, pajamas, and then get the kids into the car. Um, for I, with When I only had Ireland, it was amazing. We would travel our four, five, six hours north. She would fall asleep, sleep super well. We would get there. Rich would go in. If my mom didn't have it set up or my sister, Rich would go in, set up the playpen really quickly. 
sometimes, depending on what time we came in, if my family was all there, then Ireland would wake up. Yeah. They'd chat with her for a few minutes, but then she was a really good sleeper, Again, so it's she went one right night, back. Right? Yeah, so Rich would set up the room, we would put her to bed. Um, then Alexa came, and much like your two, she refused mm-hmm. to sleep in the vehicle whatsoever. So we tried to do a couple of night traveling trips with her, and she refused to fall asleep, and then she kept waking up Ireland. Because she was still backwards facing, Ireland was frontwards facing. So she was, like, taking off her socks and throwing them at Ireland, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so we stopped that. Um, it's, a bit, it's a bit of a trial and error as well to find out what works for your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from there, we started kind of the same thing. Like, if I had a choice for morning nap, I preferred, I preferred to leave... Like, sometimes, especially my boys would sometimes fall asleep, so I tried to get them to nap in the car, especially if you're doing, like, a four-hour nap, a four-hour car ride. If they can sleep for at least an hour, it mm-hmm. breaks up that that it ride really a little bit, as opposed to having, like, an 11-month-old up for four hours straight in a car mm-hmm. confined, so mm-hmm. that can make it a little bit tough. That so, happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, obviously, it depends on what works for your family and, you know, when your partner's home from work and when you guys can get the car packed and all of that stuff. Um, but but exactly like you've said a couple of times though, Lisa, is it's one day. Mm-hmm. It's your travel day. We always expect our travel day. So the travel day getting there and our travel day coming back, we always kind of expect those to be crap days. Yeah, yeah. you can plan for it, but know that it can go off the rails and you can also get back on. Yes. So, so and that kind of brings <laughs> us up into that next topic of... Um, while you're on vacation, like how on top of sleep should you be while on vacation? You know, you still want to enjoy your vacation mm-hmm. and all of that stuff as well. And it and... kind of depends on how hard you've worked on sleep so far, right? And what kind yeah. of a schedule you're on. If you're not on a schedule with your child, we do recommend schedules and we'll yes. talk about that later. <laughs> but if you're not on a schedule at all and you have, you know, not a whole lot of routine, well then... The travel days may not be that big of a deal. Maybe. It might be tough. Yeah. <laughs> I do. So here's the thing. Your schedule probably isn't going to be the exact same as it is when you are at home. Your routine might have to change a little bit, right? Those are those steps that we're taking just before putting them to bed. Try and keep that consistent, but that might change a little bit. More of your naps might be on the go, but overall... Yeah, the the schedule might not be perfect. It may not be the exact same, but you still want to make sure that your little one is sleeping. I find mm-hmm. a lot of our families, or a lot of families, will go and it's just kind of like let's go, go, plan go. this, let's do this this day, let's do this the yeah. other day, let's go sightseeing this day, and so then next thing you know, it your full seven day vacation is full of yeah activities to do, and there's no nap time set in there. Um, and we're not kind of being conscious of any nap requirements or sleep needs. So then now by the end of, you know, day five, six, seven, you're like, this vacation is not worth it. I'm ready to come home because not only am I exhausted from traveling and being out and about all day long, but now I'm not getting any sleep and we're sharing a house and we don't want the baby to wake anybody up. So now the baby's in bed with us and now he's up every hour all night long and it's really important for everybody else to get sleep. So I'm just going to make sure that I'm just working on the baby all night long, right? So come seven days, you are now like burnt. Yeah. Like fun vacation. And even if your child is sleeping on the go, sleeping on the go is not as restorative as sleeping in their own sleep space in a still environment that 
speaks sleep, right? Yes. Yeah. And you will, though. Like, when you're out and about, right? I, I took uh, AJ, who's number three, by himself to Victoria for a week for my brother's wedding. And, yeah, like, we had things planned, but I... but. It Balance. was nap, nap in the stroller. Okay, so we're heading out here this afternoon. Okay, I'm going to nap him at home this morning. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, you just don't want to have every single nap yeah. every day that you're gone to be an on-the-go nap. Yeah, and if you have the choice between being out for the afternoon or being out for the morning, pick the morning, do that morning nap on the go, give them a nice restorative afternoon nap at home. Um or in in a in a still environment, sleep yeah. space, and it can kind of sound like a bit of a like a buzzkill. It's like, well, we're on vacation. Like, why do we have to be on the schedule? Right? We're not on our own schedules. Yeah, we can adapt a little easier. Nothing is more worse than being on a vacation with a whiny, clingy baby that you just can't settle down. Your partner's upstairs playing euchre with everyone else, having a good old time, and you're down there trying to get this extremely overtired overtired child to sleep and then the like regret kind of sinks in and then you start to get angry because yeah you're up there you've had four water (laughs) (laughs) and here i am (laughs) down here not having any water that's the word i was looking for resentful not regret but definitely resentful yeah so you know making sure that sleep gets in there helps you have a better vacation yourself absolutely i absolutely and you can still thoroughly enjoy your vacation with that balance between not having every single day a busy busy day yeah have have a busy day have an easy day the other thing too is like if you have an older one Maybe the nap got missed because you were, like, at the amusement park or something. Earlier bedtime. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be the same bedtime then, which is kind of nice because that means more adult playtime for you. More water. Yes. More water. More water for you. Uh, We went to Florida in April, and uh, my kids are older and can absolutely stay up a little bit later. And so, for, but you have to define older because someone so might be six, thinking seven, <laughs> ten, and fourteen now. So maybe a little bit younger in April or November. Um, <laughs> at the time. At the time, but uh, and and we did have maybe a couple of later nights. Probably not. My kids were pretty exhausted. We were in the water like all day long. But we, Rich and mm. I, had went out for a date, and there was it was like nine, nine thirty, ten o'clock, and there were so many toddlers that were just melting down everywhere as a sleep consultant how did that feel to see that (laughs) hey to each their own my babies were in bed sleeping and that's totally fine but they were like this one little guy was trying so hard to enjoy his chocolate ice cream cone and just so tired and then mom was mom was like starting to lose her patience and the older child was starting to whine and dad was like well then why did we even come like it just (laughs) didn't seem enjoyable to me oh it's all falling apart yeah so sometimes like for me i have zero issues with like you know the toddlers can stay home and go to bed early and we can take the older kids out for an ice cream right like okay dad why don't you go and we we've done all of this for the last you know 17 hours together you guys can go and, and do an ice cream and I'll stay here and put the little guys to bed or vice mm-hmm. versa or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Teach their own. But we know that the less sleep they get, especially while on vacation and being overstimulated and all, with all these new adventures, the harder it's going to get on the parents um, while you're away. And maybe not. It might be okay, but we do know once we get back 
that's where the wheel work starts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk a slight shift in your schedule. So if you go on an all-inclusive vacation, oftentimes you don't really have a choice as to when lunch is served, when dinner starts, right? And usually it starts at, lunch is usually at one o'clock, which is typically a nap time for a baby or a toddler, right? So you might need to do a little bit of a shifting of your schedule just to make it slightly later. So you would just maybe put them to bed for their morning nap a little bit later or their afternoon nap a little bit later that day so that you can squeeze in lunch and then dinner as well. Sometimes there are also snack bars. So instead of going to the lunch buffet every day, you can do snack bars sometimes that you're able to eat a little bit earlier Mm -hmm. and same with dinner, right? So there are always things that you can do, but another fun thing about all-inclusive vacations is that they have mini discos usually for the toddlers and children. Mm. So those don't start until 8 o'clock, which is past my children's bedtime. But we managed to shift our schedule a little bit when we were there. So it meant that naps were a little later in the day. Then dinner was a little bit later. We were able to do the little mini disco. One night we even, or maybe two nights, we even kept them up for the show, which doesn't start until 10 p.m. But by 10.30, they were absolutely melting down. I had to to leave with them, right? But it, it was fun and enjoyable. But the other days, I kept them on their regular bedtime. So we were still able to take advantage of some later nights and do all the fun activities that are around on a nice tropical vacation, but it just wasn't every night that we were there. Mm -hmm. So it's balancing that out again. Yeah, absolutely. And the the length of your vacation is going to matter too, right? Like I'm gone for two weeks. We're pretty much on schedule. Like... We're, we're obviously doing stuff in between, but if we're gone for, like, two, three days, sometimes, especially when we go up north, because, like, both of our families used to be there, so it was, like, his family, my family, and, like, it was just so much, and then... But you had to pack in. Yes. Like, so many visits. And... Yeah, exactly. Um, so the type of vacation you're, you're taking mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. uh, does come into play, but the biggest piece, then after that is getting back on track once you get yeah. home, right? And that's kind of one of the things I tell my families, especially my families that I'm working with that I'm that I that we've coached uh, for independent sleep is you've done the work. They know how to do this. So go and have fun. Try and stick to your schedule as much as you can. Do what you can in terms of sleep. Do what you can to be consistent, but know that keep telling yourself, "Okay, we're back on Monday. Tuesday morning, we are back on track. Like, schedule's back on track, because that's always going to be your first thing. As soon as you get back from traveling, schedule's the very first thing you're going to get back on track. And um, it's, it's so important to know and keep this in your mind. You are in control of when and how you get back on track. So if you just, you know, if you come back and you allow the laxy-daisy stuff to happen for longer, your child is going to become even more used to the new way. So it's going to turn into a regression that lasts two, three, four, five weeks or months, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you put your foot down when you get home, you're the one who's in control of getting back on track and you make that point of working hard on getting back on track again it's only going to be a, a quick regression and then they'll get right back on track again. Yep. yep. So how long well, would you typically say it takes to get back on track? A 
few days. Usually, yeah, like, it depends on their ages. As they get a little bit older, it's faster, right? Like, we can go away for a week, and within a couple of days, they're back on track. But usually three, four days, especially if you're being diligent with that schedule, and then you start to become a lot more consistent with your response. Three, four days, you really shouldn't be dealing yeah. with huge... Um, sleep challenges after that and once it, you're back on track. It does depend a little bit on how much you were able to stay on track while you were on vacation. Yes. So yes. let's say your little one is sleeping on their own at home and then you had to bed share during your vacation. Then maybe it'll take them a few more days without being in bed with you. Or if um, they were like fully night weaned and had yes. no calories overnight and then while you were away you've added in calories. Yep. Now you're dealing with wakings and calories. So now you're dealing with two things as opposed to just trying to get on top of those night wakings. Yeah. So so that's where you jump back in. If they've already been night weaned, they don't need those calories anymore. That was just kind of mm. an emergency what you had to do. Get it back down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And try mm-hmm. not to do it every single night that yes. you're there if possible. Yes. Absolutely. So when you get to your new destination and it's time for your little one to go to sleep, whether it's nap or bedtime... How much support to offer them that first night is often a question we get from parents, especially if you've worked on sleep coaching and your little one knows how to fall asleep on their own while you're at home. You want to try and avoid having to put them to sleep every night while you're on your vacation or your trip. Again, this is dependent on how many days you're going to be away for. If you're going to be away for two days, well, if you have to offer them a little bit more support those two days, it's not the end of the world because then you're going back home. You can get back on track. But if you're going for a week or even two weeks, you want to absolutely get your little one back to being able to fall asleep on their own, even while you're on vacation. So night one, day one, you might need to offer them more support to get to sleep. So let's say you've worked on independent sleep. They know how to put themselves to sleep. You've done a little bit of the crib play before you put them down. You've done the setting up the room and letting them look around. Now you know that they know where they are. So you do your pre-sleep routine with them, you put them into their bed, and you see what they do. They might just go to, go to sleep on their own just like they would at home. So yep. it would be a shame if you offered them more yes. support when they didn't really need it, right? So step back, see what they do. If you see that they're really upset, and it's more than just a little bit of whining, and you can tell usually by their upset whether they are feeling really apprehensive about being in that sleep space or not, that's when you can make the decision to give them a little bit more support. But you don't want to just rush to their side and pick them up and put them to sleep on you or feed them to sleep or go back to all of those things that you've worked so hard on right away. You want to take steps first to get them to sleep still on their own, but with more help from you. So maybe you pat them to sleep on that first night or you sit beside them. You know, you just get a little closer instead of picking them up and putting them to sleep. Then you see what they do. If they're absolutely still screaming and you can tell that they're really feeling frightened about where they are, then you can pick them up and maybe you put them to sleep that first night. Whatever you kind of have to do that first night, try not to go all the way back to feeding to sleep. But if you had to pick them up and put them to yep. sleep in arms, then night, day two, night two, you are working on less now you know your child is more comfortable there they've had a day to play around get comfortable they they know where they are at this point so now you know you can get back on track with how they're falling asleep so then you'd go back to using a little bit of whatever method you originally used to put them to sleep 
to get them to fall asleep on their own in the first place. Sleep coaching, you do a variation of that method to then get them more comfortable falling asleep on their own. Again, if it's three nights, then maybe you just kind of do whatever for two nights or something. But if it's a week long, by day three, you want to be back to they're putting themselves to sleep. Yeah. If they need you to be in their vicinity while they're falling asleep, that's or okay. Or outside the door, shushing off the door. Insurance. Yep. Yeah. Closer, but not offering them too much support and intervention, then that's okay. But you want to try and get back to as much independent sleep as possible so that it makes your arrival back home go more smoothly. I always tried to send Rich in to do once we arrived at places and putting them down. Because cause if I went in and they were upset, my I would start to spy, spin out a little bit. Like, oh, maybe it's because of this and maybe it's because of this. Or maybe, oh, maybe it's too cold in here. Maybe it's not hot. Da, 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 da. Like, dad goes in and it's like... Oh, baby needs to sleep. Baby needs to sleep. That's all there is to it, right? He's not thinking of all the extras that that causes that can raise my anxiety, right? Of like, well, I mean, she she, I did she only she nursed, but she only really nursed off one side really well, and the other side was like three quarters of the way. It really wasn't the whole feeding. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe she's still hungry. (laughs) Yeah, maybe she's still hungry, or maybe it's too dark, or maybe it's this, maybe it's that. And Dad's just like, you know, it's sleep time, sleep. Right. So sometimes for me and for my kids, it was easier to send dad in to do that um, follow up and that stuff because he was just like, you yeah, know, you're, you're I'm I'm here. You're safe. Right. He has that confidence going in of, you yeah, know, it's sleep. You're you're good to go type thing. So. Um, so, yeah, that might be one of those things. And if you need help with uh, getting partner to put your little one to bed, go back in the episodes because we've got one of those as well with some extra tips. One last little tip that we have. Um, pro tip. Yeah, pro tip. Here we go, do, guys. Do, do, do. We need some fancy music yeah. there. <laughs> um, That's scary music. We need oh. like... Oh, oh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> there you go. Pro tip. Oh, you're supposed to do it. There you go. Um, so Let's try you... it again. Okay. Pro tip. <laughs> There we go. We need to work on that. (laughs) If you arrive at your destination and it is dark or it is nighttime, or this also works too if you have gone to someone's place for dinner, you've put little one to bed and you have to transfer them at night because that happens a lot during the holidays as well. We're not necessarily sleeping at our family's house, but we are, um, you know, spending a little bit later of our evening. So I always put my guys to bed. Um, when we went for dinner, because then I could enjoy my dinner and enjoyable evening. Water and your, your water. water. <laughs> my water. I could enjoy my water and your my water. Your eight ounces of water. Yes. <laughs> um, so if you arrive at your destination and uh, your little one is sleeping in the car, leave the car running. Turn off your interior light. You can have, plan everything else. Keep the out, music on. But as soon as you open that door and that interior light goes on, Everything and is the music stops and yeah. all of a sudden it's quiet and you hear this beeping, beep, beep, beep. Yes. So leave the car running. L- turn off that interior light as soon as you get in the vehicle. Turn off that interior light. Double check with the driver that the interior light has been turned off yeah, again. practice before you leave so that you know that... Because you think, oh, I think I turned it off. And then, oh, wait, there's this other one back behind us that comes on as well. Yeah, so we want to make sure that those interior lights come off. But you want to keep the car running and then take baby out. So um, bring them into the house or yes. the hotel. So the I would go. I would grab babe. 
bring them into the house or bring them home, bring them wherever. Um, and then my husband would shut off the car, turn off the car and, and bring do the all stuff the car in. stuff. But this way here, um, babe wasn't waking up to turning off the vehicle to that interior light. So keeping the car running, um, keeping that interior life off and the music on and then transferring them, then come out and turn off the car if you're by yourself. But if you, if you know that you're going somewhere late, bring their pajamas with you, jam them into their pajamas prior to even leaving auntie's house (laughs) and then come home. And if you know that you've that you're gonna be home late, prep your home before you leave. Yeah. So turn off certain lights. Yep. Turn the sound machine on already, and then that way you're going into a home that's you know you're not turning on all these bright lights so that you can see. If you've got certain lights on so that you can see enough. Nowadays, some of those sound machines come with um, the, the ability to program it from your phone. So wow. You can do that. If you have Google Home, then you can do all that even. Like, yeah. Google, turn off the light in this room or whatever. Um, wow. But if you don't, if you're like me and you don't have any of those things, then you, you just stumble prep. along in the dark. There's also that option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we did in my day. <laughs> yes, exactly. You just turn the lights on. Like, I would keep the kitchen light on. But right. the entrance way off. Yeah. So that I could go upstairs into the room and not if you have a fear loud, for my life that I won't be able to see. If you have a loud barking dog, get partner to go in and yes. put the dog outside Smart. first. Yep. Yeah. Those are things that you're like, okay, next time, check. Yeah. Rich needs to come in first and put the dog out so then I can run upstairs with the baby. If baby's in a bucket seat still, take the whole bucket seat all yes. the way up to their room. Take them out. Keep them on you and kind of like for a couple seconds and then put them back into their bed and chances are they'll stay asleep yeah -hmm. yeah well we hope you guys have great holidays i hope we haven't added to the oh i need to pack this i can't forget this i hope we made that a little bit easier um let us know some of your kind of tips and tricks yes Um, we love hearing about that so let us know some of those and anything that you would like us to share. And, yeah, hopefully you guys have a great vacation. Travel safe. And enjoy yourself. It yes. seems super daunting to travel with children, but it is so much fun. It is. It you get really to see is. all the joy in their faces when they see and do different yes. things. And just having that time with your family and with your children where you're not worried about other things. Mm-hmm. is so much fun. So mm-hmm. balance. And enjoy yourself at the same time. Yes. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. We so appreciate that you've taken that time to come and hang out with us and listen to what we have to say. If you are struggling with sleep or parenting, please know that we have loads of free information on the website um, as well as on the YouTube channel. But if after you've read through everything and you've watched those videos, if you're still struggling, know that you're not alone and that we would love to help. So be sure to check out the website, www.restfulparenting.com. You'll find the link to book your free 15-minute call right there. And if you have any comments or anything you'd like to share with us, please leave them below in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks.